Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers are apparently re-engaging in trade talks with Indiana, which might be indicative of how they feel about the talks with Brooklyn regarding Kyrie Irving. Some more on that. And uh, given all of the focus that we have had on personnel and trades and free agency and stuff, I figured why not also bring in somebody to talk a little bit about the actual basketball behind some of the decisions that the Lakers have made so far this offseason. And for that, Alex Regla was kind enough to narrate his latest column for Silver Screen and Roll. I can't wait for you guys to check that out. Dave McMenamin went on NBA Today and spoke about the situation as it is currently situated with the Lakers and the Nets, and now apparently the Lakers and Indiana. He said that basically uh, talks are still stagnant with the Lakers and Nets as Brooklyn continues to wait for some kind of resolution to their Kevin Durant situation. And as a result of maybe some growing impatience there, the Lakers are apparently re-engaged in conversations, trade conversations with the Indiana Pacers um, regarding Buddy Heald. Now, he did say that that doesn't necessarily have to be a Russell Westbrook deal. I think the Lakers are probably going to hold off on making a Russ trade until they know absolutely for certain that they are not going to get Kyrie Irving. Uh, And it makes sense that that would be the case because if you move Russell Westbrook and all you get back is like Buddy Heald and even Miles Turner you're looking at a seven seed probably. Uh, But if you move Russell Westbrook and you somehow are able to bring in Kyrie Irving, you're probably still only like a four or a five seed, but you are a very dangerous four or five seed. So uh, I I think as we continue to hold out and, and, and wait out the situation and wait for Brooklyn to make some kind of a decision on Kevin Durant, and again, like I said in yesterday's lowdown, Teams around the league are a little bit more hesitant than you would think to trade for Kevin Durant, given the way that he has done business in his last two stops, given his age, uh, and and given what Brooklyn is ex- expecting teams to give up. So we're probably going to be waiting here a little bit longer on Kyrie Irving. I would probably say another week or so. Uh, and in the meantime, the Lakers are trying to see what they can do on the peripheries of their roster for whether or not they're able to trade for Kyrie Irving. If you trade Taylor Horton Tucker, say, for Buddy Heald, it it gives you a little bit more space so that maybe things can operate at a higher level than they did last year with Russ on the roster. That's probably part of what they're thinking here. But again, I don't expect any kind of a Russ trade to happen until the Lakers know definitively that they are not getting Kyrie Irving. Hilariously, elsewhere on Twitter or on social media, Dennis Schroeder uh, is apparently positioning himself for a return to the Lakers. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say I don't think the Lakers are particularly interested in running that back. Could be wrong. And look, if the situation gets to a point where there are just no other options and the Lakers are in dire need for a point guard, you could do worse than Dennis Schroeder just in terms of sheer talent. But That was an extremely bumpy relationship while they were working together. He goes out and gets served a giant slice of humble pie by the league. And and now I don't think the Lakers are interested in rehabilitating uh, that relationship. 
As we are just sitting here in this holding pattern, I am going to throw to Alex as he narrates the uh, column that he just wrote for SilverScreenRoll.com. Make sure you check out his stuff. If you enjoyed this in terms of the writing or Alex's voice, make sure you check out Taco Tuesdays that he is a co-host of um, with Alex Padilla. That is on Tuesdays. So they recorded it already this week. It was a good episode. You want to check that out. Without further ado, though, here's Alex. Like any new homeowner, one of Darvin Ham's first tasks as Lakers head coach was to inspect every nook and cranny of his purple and gold surroundings in assessing where changes needed to be made. Cosmetic touch-ups aside, the most urgent area of his attention was found within the franchise's creaky foundation. The reality is there were a myriad of factors that led to the Lakers' disappointing 33-49 record last season. But the mold that was the Lakers' lethargy spread throughout the year and infected each contributor? That was birthed from the makeup of the roster itself. Composed of predominantly veteran talent, their average age of 30 was the oldest in the league, the team proved to be inherently more susceptible to injury and was routinely unable to hang on an athletic level with Spryer opposition. The approach, as their final win-loss tally could attest, simply did not work. While the roster is yet to be finalized, the combination of last season's shoddy results and Ham's fresh coaching philosophy have led to a complete rebuild of the depth chart from the ground up this summer. Despite each one bringing a different set of skills to the table, there is a clear through line between the team's five free agent signings thus far. They are all both young and athletic. With an average age of just 25, the new Lakers will be tasked with giving the club with a much-needed transfusion of fresh blood to liven up what was quickly becoming a stale style of basketball. The first order of business in accomplishing this, according to both players and coaches, is to run. A lot. I think the biggest thing is just for us to be able to play fast. That's the biggest thing that we've been talking about. Troy Brown Jr., who is still just 22 years old, told reporters during his introductory press conference. He continued, stressing how he can help his new team maintain a high tempo of play. Just being able for me to get rebounds and outlet or being able to push the ball and then just spreading the floor and giving guys space. So I think all that kind of runs together and that's definitely been talked about a lot. Aspects like pace, speed, floor manipulation, and transition have proved to be major points of emphasis during the initial round of press conferences for those joining the franchise. This widely stated modus operandi likely serves as a direct reaction to the previous regime's play. According to the league's tracking data, the Lakers ranked 29th in terms of average speed on offense last season. They also traveled the third fewest miles on that end and were tied for dead last in overall average speed. In contrast, their five free agent additions average speed on offense last season was 4.52 miles per hour. For context, this was the exact number the Phoenix Suns posted, which ranked 10th last year. This shift in athleticism is something the team hopes can pay dividends in multiple areas, including help make Ham's four-out, one-in offense hum. It starts with guys sprinting to the corners offensively, Ham stated when discussing how he plans to optimize his new system. Once we get a stop, we're sprinting to the corners, flattening the defense. If there's an overloaded side, meaning three guys on the weak side, that middle guy's slashing to the rim. We want to put immediate threats on the corner threes and an immediate threat at the rim. Ham's description of where his players need to go and the immediacy at which they have to get there is an example of how the inclusion of more speed can directly correlate to better floor spacing in particular. Sprinting to the corners naturally puts a defense on their heels, and collapsing the middle leaves the opposition having to pick their poison in which direction their help needs to scramble toward, a proposition that gets dicier when the likes of LeBron James and Anthony Davis are involved. This attention to detail when it comes to early and half-court offense not only should optimize James, Davis, and potentially Russell Westbrook's gravity, but also help keep them fresh through 82 games, according to him. We're not just throwing the ball at LeBron, 
throwing it at Russ. Here, AD take it. Ham detailed when assessing what impact the team's free agent signings will have. Providing that space, providing that speed, getting stops on the defensive end, turning those into easy transition buckets or open looks and early offense, I think will pay big dividends in terms of keeping our team healthy, keeping our team united and together, and lining the load so we can get stronger as the season gets longer. Opening up, and more importantly, diversifying the Lakers' offense will be a welcome sight after the stagnation that occurred last year. According to the league's synergy data, the Lakers posted the third highest isolation frequency last season and raked in the mere 58th percentile in terms of efficiency. Outside of a dependence on one-on-one basketball, the team's other scoring chances and general approach also lacked direction and fluidity. The Lakers were tied for ninth in terms of the longest time per possession and 16th in dribbles per touch as they were often found pounding the air out of the ball in hopes for an opening to present itself, something they need to refrain from this go-round if they want to approve their 23rd ranked offensive rating. It is often unwise and dangerous to lean too far into one direction when it comes to roster building. Fast and young versus slow and experienced just being one example. The Lakers learned this firsthand and appeared to be attempting to soup up their engine after falling below the speed limit last season. The inclusion of younger and quicker players will not magically unlock the offense or lead to success overnight, but it is a step in the right direction of Ham's philosophy and the front office's shift in directions to be trusted. Although there are still moves to be made before we can make out the full picture of what the roster's identity will be, the Lakers' offseason approach thus far seems to have them primed to finally let their young legs do the heavy lifting. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Thank you guys a ton for tuning in. Thank you, Alex, a ton for helping out with this episode. I really enjoyed that column. Hope you guys did, too. We are going to start doing more of that. So anytime somebody writes something that they're particularly proud of, I'm asking them to narrate it. If they don't feel like narrating it, I might narrate it. Um, This is going to be a part of our, our rotation here moving forward. So until I talk to you guys next and until we get some more updates here on on traction and leverage and all of these things, all of these concepts that I cannot wait to wipe from my brain, hopefully as soon as next month, I am Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.